Hello and welcome to another episode of the Christian Reeve podcast. You may have noticed that we have all new branding, everything's a bit more sleeker, a bit more professional and I like to think that we've kind of entered a new phase, a new era with the podcast. As you know recently it's kind of reached two years of the show and I've been thinking a lot about where the show moves forward and, and how we progress with the show and you know I, I won't spare you the I, I will spare you the details I'm not going to repeat myself a million million times but as you know I want to do more discussion episodes and I want to kind of expand what the show is and, and keep going forward with it and trying to make it as interesting as possible and I thought about the different ways that I could do that and one of them was to kind of have more structure with the show so what you're going to see with these discussion episodes now is I'm going to have the main subjects as it was, as is promised. So today's episode will be about sleep paralysis and sleep apnea. But I'll also have some stuff at the end afterwards, some extra stuff. I'm not going to spoil it, but, you know, there'll be different things. And maybe that might make it more interesting. I don't know. I'm trying something new. I'm just trying to make the show better. Uh, if you have any thoughts, any questions anything you'd like to know or just suggestions for how you would like the show to be if you think it could be better let me know feel free to send in your questions to christian reeve podcast at gmail.com and i will take all of them into consideration i will read out your questions if you have them and i will make it part of the show and i'll make a commitment to make it as good as possible because for the handful of people listening I really am grateful every time you listen to the show and you comment and you, you let me know what you liked, do you disliked and everything. Uh, it's amazing that people are listening. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you. Now, let's get into our main event, the main event. <laughs> sleep apnea and sleep paralysis. Now, I suffer from sleep paralysis and sort of acute sleep apnea, I suppose. And I've been toying around with how to do this show for some time. Uh, I came up with this idea recently to do a sleep and dreams series where I kind of explore the topic of sleep and dreams through different angles. So some of it is just personal experience and some of it is just kind of exploring the concepts around sleep and dreams. And I don't know, I thought it was kind of interesting and I like to always put like a personal slant on these things as well, as you know. But I wanted to do my research and kind of get to the, the facts first before we kind of go into my personal experiences. So I'm going to kind of briefly explain what sleep paralysis and sleep apnea are, and then we'll explore my experiences and we'll go from there. So according to the sleepfoundation.org, sleep paralysis refers to the situation where a person is not fully awake. And although they are conscious of their surroundings, they're unable to move or speak. So our bodies are always paralyzed during REM sleep. And this is probably to prevent us from sort of attacking ourselves or waking ourselves up during sleep. Now it's a temporary state that occurs either right before waking up or just after we fall asleep. It frequently involves troubling hallucinations and a sensation of suffocation. Sleep paralysis is categorized as a type of parasomnia and parasomnias are abnormal behaviors that occur during sleep. By the way, if you're wondering what I'm reading, for those who are watching the podcast, I have lots of notes. And you can hear that in the audio recording. As always, for regular listeners of the show, you know I make copious amounts of notes. But I don't know. I wanted to know my, my facts with this situation, this event. I don't know. I'm stumbling my words. You know what? It's been a while since I actually recorded a show. And I always feel a bit rusty. And fun fact, I actually sat down and recorded this show already for about 30, 40 minutes. And everything that could go wrong went wrong. And in the end, I decided it just wasn't good enough. I expect a certain caliber. I have expectations that I place upon myself. And ultimately, I was like, this isn't good enough. And it's not good enough for my audience, for my listeners. So this is my second attempt doing this show. I hope you enjoy it. I hope it's good. <laughs> anyway, let's get back into it. There are different types of sleep paralysis. 
and I'll just run through them now. So there's isolated sleep paralysis, which is when the episodes are not connected to an underlying diagnosis of narcolepsy, which is a neurological disorder that prevents the brain from properly controlling wakefulness and can often lead to sleep paralysis. There is recurrent sleep paralysis, which is when there's multiple episodes that occur over time. And then there's recurrent isolated sleep paralysis, which occurs when there are multiple ongoing instances of sleep paralysis in someone who does not have narcolepsy. Now, we'll just continue on. So standard REM sleep involves vivid dreaming as well as atonia, which refers to a lack of uh, normal muscle tone or strength. So like a kind of, it's not the same level of uh, responsiveness from those parts of the body. And um, basically it helps prevent us acting out our dreams. Essentially, that's kind of the point of why that occurs. But under nor normal circumstances, atonia ends upon waking up so a person never becomes conscious of this inability to move in theory <laughs> as a result researchers believe that sleep paralysis involves a mixed state of consciousness that blends both wakefulness and rem sleep so in effect the atonia and mental imagery of rem sleep seems to persist even into a state of being aware and being awake now Let's uh, move on to sleep apnea, the definitions at least. So sleep apnea is when your breathing stops and starts while you're asleep. The most common type is called obstructive sleep apnea, and this is according to the NHS website, so the National Health Service in the UK. The main symptoms of sleep apnea include gasping or choking noises while you sleep, loud snoring, and feeling very tired during the day. Sleep apnea is usually treated with a mask you wear while you're asleep, which is known as a CPAP machine, a continuous positive airway pressure machine. And sleep apnea is caused by your airways becoming relaxed and narrow while you sleep. And it's linked to things like obesity and getting older. There are also different types of sleep apnea. So according to WebMD, we've Obstructive sleep apnea, it typically occurs when your airways repeatedly become completely or partially blocked during sleep. And this is usually because the soft tissue in the back of your throat collapses. And during these episodes, your diaphragm and chest muscles work harder than normal to open up your airways. And this can also lower the flow of oxygen to your vital organs and lead to abnormal heart rhythms. There's also central sleep apnea. So within this type, your airway doesn't become blocked. Instead, your brain fails to tell your muscles to breathe because of issues in your respiratory control center. And it's related to the function of your central nervous system. So we've got kind of a, a rough understanding there. Or a, well, I think that's a fairly detailed understanding of sleep apnea and sleep paralysis. I, I must say, when I was doing the research, I did actually learn a fair bit and um you know whenever i do these shows i like to kind of blend it between having a, a mixture of my personal experiences and, and also having you know the the cold hard facts so i can mix it and match it and kind of put together a show based on that but you know a bigger personal reason for, for wanting to do this is because i wanted to understand why i actually have sleep paralysis and sleep apnea and I'll be honest, I'm no closer to understanding why, but I am a little bit closer to understanding the things that can potentially cause it or at least exacerbate it. But um, I think what I'm going to do is kind of run you through my personal experiences as in where it all began. So I started experiencing sleep paralysis from about the age of, oh, I want to say eight or nine years old. I remember it very vividly. Uh, it was the early to mid 2000s i think or yeah early 2000s and uh, the reason i bring that up is that <laughs> everyone seemed to have those horrid awful leather sofas like they were really really popular especially the cream brown colored ones and i remember i used to visit my father every fortnight and spend the weekend there just hanging out playing games it was it was a it was a blast i loved it and um 
I used to sleep in their living room with covers and and duvet and everything because uh, they didn't have like a second bedroom. It was a pretty small apartment. Uh, so I'd sleep on the sofa, which was a leather sofa. And I remember one particular morning waking up. And again, this is the disputed thing. And I'll explain a little bit later with regards to my general experiences of sleep, ap- uh, sorry, sleep paralysis and sleep apnea. But what I remember was basically my face kind of almost being stuck to the leather and I almost had this sensation of feeling like I had to peel it off my face like I I had to push my head up in order to get off the sofa now I can't remember to this day if that was a dream or if that was real but I do remember when I finally did wake up I was obviously very scared I, I didn't really know what had happened um I, I guess in the moment I was trying to figure out if it was real or what had happened. And I remember just being generally scared. Now I can't remember the next time specifically that this happened, but it kept happening. And I understood that this is like a common thing that I deal with. And funnily enough, I never actually spent much time in my teen years sitting down and actually figuring out what this condition was you know it wasn't until many years later that i'd actually discovered there's a name for it and the whole this is the thing that i suffer from right it was just something that i weirdly just accepted like oh okay this is a thing that i deal with every once in a while i have this weird dream state thing where i can't quite explain if i'm awake or sleeping and for a moment i basically am paralyzed and can't move which is obviously very scary and then I start to panic and then I stop breathing, which is where the sleep apnea comes in. Now, in my older adult years, obviously having researched on to sleep paralysis a bit more, now I understand that, as I explained earlier with, with some of the definitions, there is like a delay in sometimes when I wake up in the morning between me waking up, but my body and brain sort of having a bit of a disconnect because my brain is fully awake and in that moment which I guess is a dream I know that I'm awake every time it occurs exactly the same way I dream that I'm in my room and I dream that I'm laying down and I can't move myself I'm desperately trying to wake myself up push myself up like push my head up or most recently i was my legs wouldn't move and i i was trying to jolt them and i've kind of learned that if i keep jolting myself and keep rocking myself back and forth at least in that dream state eventually it will work and i'll wake up but a really important aspect to this is i can't panic because as soon as i start panicking that's when something starts to go wrong and i start to kind of not exactly choke but i can kind of suffocate a little bit like i, I suffer from I suppose like an acute form of sleep apnea. And in that moment, if I panic, I just stop breathing and it's really scary. I don't know what to do with myself and I'm kind of just locked in this state of not knowing. And then eventually something will click and I'll just wake up. And, you know, it's like a hor- every horror movie you've ever seen where I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> and I'll be honest, in that moment, every time it happens, I'm just, I'm glad to be awake. I'm glad to be alive. <laughs> um, but it is terrifying. And it took a while for me to to calm myself down. And, you know, even when it happens to this day, I'm aware of what's going on. And I'm, I'm grateful that in that moment, I'm able to calm myself down. But it's always a very lucid dream state. It's very terrifying, you know, and it's it's meant that like my general fear is a fear of being paralyzed now, which touch wood it never happens but it's it's a scary feeling and experience to have and it really makes you appreciate being able to have all of your faculties being able to move and you know it really makes you appreciate all of those things so much more because when you don't have the ability to do that you're kind of sitting there questioning everything you're like how do i get out of this um you know how do i prevent this how how do i Will, will it be okay again? Will I wake up? Sometimes those questions go through my head. I wonder if, if you know, I'll ever wake up again. And it's a, it's a terrifying experience and, and maybe I am overthinking it a little bit, but sometimes these thoughts and feelings go through your head. And another one of the ways 
that I kind of discovered that maybe there was a problem was that certain partners I've dated over the years have informed me that sometimes when I'm sleeping, I stop breathing, which is apparently quite a common thing that happens to, to a lot of people. But various girlfriends I've had have, have sort of said like, hey, you know, you know, sometimes you stop breathing, right? Or, hey, <laughs> you know, sometimes you snore. And, you know, I used to laugh at that and be like, oh, come on, I don't snore. And occasionally I do. But I've discovered with that, it's more about um, how you sleep, the position you sleep in, and also your diet and things like that can actually affect, you know, how clear your airwaves are and everything. So other than wanting to just take care of myself in general, um, as I get older and understanding that fitness is important, I've also tried to improve my fitness as a direct response to sleep apnea and sleep paralysis in an effort to kind of, well, lessen the chances of it occurring. And to some extent, I think it's worked. Like one thing that I've noticed is that if I ever go to sleep, uh, having drunk a lot of alcohol or eaten foods like really late at night or just things that I don't normally eat or things that are known to, to cause people problems and nightmares, things like cheese and stuff like that. If there's a direct change in eating patterns in a dramatic way or just eating junk food or drinking alcohol or a change in the sleeping patterns, you know, so if, if I normally go to bed at say 10 or 11, but one night I go to bed at one, am i'm more likely to wake up the next day and experience a bout of sleep paralysis or sleep apnea um so i'm kind of always looking at those things and revising the situation and, and looking at different ways that i could potentially improve that and, and prevent it from happening again another thing that i discovered recently uh, a couple of years back actually was that there was a, a celebrity a, a singer of a band called bring me the horizon called Oliver Sykes, Ollie Sykes. And I remember seeing in an interview randomly that he'd said he suffers from sleep paralysis. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was interested to see if they'd ask him any follow-up questions. And I don't recall if he brought forward this information or if he was asked, but he said that one way that he kind of learns to lessen the effects of it is to sleep on his side. And I've been ever since I saw that that um, that mini clip. That's what I've been doing all the time. I always make sure that at least when I'm falling asleep, I fall asleep on my side or at least on my front and not my back. I never sleep on my back because I've noticed if I do, it's more likely to occur. Now, obviously, I, I recognize the fact that you know you move in your sleep, you move, your body moves, so it's very likely that I'm sleeping on my back a lot of the time without even knowing. But when I do know, when I am awake, I try to be conscious of that and, and try to sleep in that sideways position. And ever since I started doing that, there's been less and less and less bounce of it. So to some extent, it has worked. Now, I think in terms of what I suffer from, I think, and again, this is all hearsay. I've never actually sat down and, and properly diagnosed it or maybe i should see a doctor one day i don't know if, if it ever gets more severe than it is now because right now it's manageable and it's fine and you know everything but if i ever do need to seek a position i will certainly do so if 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 it gets worse but right now i think i'm likely to suffer from an acute form of central sleep apnea because i do have like a lack of breathing um, but I don't think it's like a full-on obstruction. I think it's because uh, with one of them, with obstructive sleep paralysis, sorry, not sleep paralysis, obstructive sleep apnea, sorry. That's the one where there's actually a physical obstruction, hence the term obstruction, obstructive. So there's actually something preventing it. And, and in diagrams I've seen, there's a bit of skin, like a skin flap that gets caught and that can actually cause it. But with central sleep apnea, as I mentioned earlier, it's where your brain fails to tell your muscles to breathe because of the issues in the respiratory control center. So when I do go in that panic state, I think that's when the sleep apnea occurs. But I've noticed it only really starts to occur as a result of panic. Like if, if there's panic and anxiety, like oh, I can't wake myself up, I can't wake myself up. 
that's when it occurs without fail. Now, with regards to the type of sleep paralysis that I have, I think I have recurrent isolated sleep paralysis because as it mentions again here, it occurs when there's multiple ongoing instances of sleep paralysis, but in someone who doesn't have narcolepsy. And I don't have sleep paralysis consistently. It's very sporadic and it's very random. Uh, sometimes I can go for years even without experiencing it. And then suddenly I have a bout of it. So it's, it's very random, but I don't suffer from narcolepsy. So, cause I know that narcolepsy isn't just bouts of falling asleep during the day. It can also be categorized by just feelings of general fatigue and tiredness. And I noticed that there were certain things that I was able to change, for instance, in my diet that actually improved that. So drinking a lot more water, um, general fitness and working out help things. But also, I actually cut a lot of uh, carbohydrates that I was eating, um, such as whole wheat, pasta and stuff like that. Because A, it was just making me feel really tired afterwards. B, it was just kind of filling, up, filling me out and not really giving me much. Whereas other forms of carbohydrates were helping me. These particular forms were not helping me. So I decided to cut them out and you know, kind of make substitutions and changes in that. And that did actually help. But I also improved this general feeling of fatigue. I suddenly had more energy that I could use. And I was like, well, this is great. I mean, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to get back into working out as well is because I knew I would have more energy. And of course, you have more energy. Not only do you feel better, feel healthier, but you're able to do more. <laughs> the less energy you have, the less you can do unless you really feel like you want to do anything, you know, and it's, it's very damning in that sense. Um, but yeah, let's move it on. So a couple of facts for you An estimated 70%, 75% of sleep paralysis episodes involve hallucinations that are different from typical dreams. As with Atonia, they can occur when falling asleep via hypnagogic hallucinations or waking up via hypnopompic hallucinations sleep paralysis can occur at any age but the first symptoms tend to show up in childhood adolescence or young childhood so anywhere between the ages of 7 to 25 after starting in the teenage years episodes may occur more frequently in the 20s and the 30s and this is very on the ball with 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 me causes of paralysis uh, there are a range of different conditions thought to be connected with sleep paralysis and certain mental health conditions have shown a connection with sleep paralysis, including panic disorders and anxiety disorders. I have a sort of a low level form of anxiety um, that I sometimes get. And I wonder sometimes if, if it's connected with that. A lot of what I've read online is consistent with that. I definitely have this, at least from a scientific standpoint, but Let's move it on. So with the three categories of sleep paralysis hallucinations that people experience, there are intruder hallucinations, which involve the perception of a dangerous person or presence in the room. Some people refer to it as the night hag, sleep paralysis demon. There's also chest pressure hallucinations, also known as incubus hallucinations that can incite a feeling of suffocation. And these frequently occur when there's intruder hallucinations. And then finally, there's also vestibular motor hallucinations, which include feelings of movement, such as flying and out-of-body situations. Now, I'll just tag onto this. This isn't related to sleep paralysis, but I've definitely had dreams where I felt like I'm falling. You know, the falling dream where you're falling at a rapid rate and you never hit the ground but you definitely have that sensation of falling and your stomach kind of goes like that. Um, and I had it a lot when I was a young teenager. I remember that. Uh, there was several times when, for instance, I remember there was a handrail on this um, bunk bed that I had in my room, my teenage room. I remember so many times waking up and feeling as though I'd felt fallen into the bed and I was clinging onto the, the rail as if I was clinging onto the edge of a building or something. So it makes me wonder sometimes if I experienced astral projection, but maybe we can explore that in another episode. Eh? But bringing it back to the hallucinations, uh, which is another 
major aspect I wanted to add to this. So as far as it pertains to sleep paralysis, I've, I've not really had any hallucinations bar one, which I will get to. And I've, I've wondered a lot about this because I've seen a lot of people online say things like, oh, it's the sleep paralysis demon. It's someone coming into your room. It's a, it's a real thing or it's a hallucination or, or whatever the case may be. But I'd never experienced that until a couple of years ago. So I just thought it was just hokey. I thought that maybe, maybe it's just people's brains mucking, mucking around with them. And I still feel like it could be that. But this one was pretty, pretty intense. So I was, I was living in Estonia and I was renting a sort of a very basic apartment in the city center. There's an older apartment. I think it would have been it's one of the one of the older nice buildings. I was actually quite blessed that it was in a, such a nice building. Um, but the building probably would have been made in the early 1900s, early 20th century, something like that. Uh, definitely probably the early 20th century, I reckon. Anyway, uh, I was sleeping on a, a sort of a long chaise long style sofa. It was a long, I don't know how to put it. One of those ones that goes around like that, like the shape, uh, letter L. I don't know. It was pretty uncomfortable, but it was just a temporary thing. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not one to complain. I just made the most of it. You know, hey, at least I've got somewhere to sleep, right? Um, but it was very uncomfortable. And it makes me think that, you know, actual comfort, just having a comfortable bed or a comfortable space to sleep in might also be another aspect to this sleep paralysis sleep apnea thing like the more comfortable you are maybe the less likely it is to happen the more uncomfortable you are maybe the more likely it is to happen i don't know i'd love to do you know i would love to have a maybe let's throw this out into the universe maybe we can get a scientist or a doctor who studies exclusively sleep paralysis and sleep apnea and maybe we could ask them all these questions that would help wouldn't it my experience with a night hag or a sleep paralysis demon was that I was laying down on this sofa with my, I was laying down on my back. I was sleeping on my back. I remember that very clearly. And if you've ever seen the movie, the ring or just any of those old dark horror movies with like a, from the early two thousands with like a really creepy girl with long black hair and scary eyes, always dressed in like a white dirty, like dress or something like that. That's what I saw basically coming up onto me and sort of like straddling me and, and basically they were right on top of me so I felt the uh the chest pressure like and I was jolting like that and I'd never experienced that aspect of it before normally when I've experienced the sleep paralysis it's that I can't move my head or other parts of my body but I can move the rest of my body normally it's just my head that's kind of weighted but everything else works but in this instance I was fully paralyzed like I just couldn't move and this demon, if you like, was on top of me, uh, on my chest, um, like straddling me, like on top of me. And then its arms were basically coming around to, to choke me. And then it started choking me like, like that. And I just, I couldn't breathe at all. And I guess that's where the sleep apnea side of things came into play. Um, and I remember jolting and this is the thing. It's like, it's kind of real, but it isn't like, I know that that's a dream. I know that that's not really happening. At least I hope so anyway. Um, but that was what I felt was happening. And then I finally did wake up and I was sweating like profusely and it wasn't even a especially hot day. I think it would have been at that time, probably like 16, 17 degrees. I think it had rained the night before. So it wasn't like really, really hot or anything like that. And it was a cool apartment. There wasn't any intense heating. Of course, it was summer, so there wouldn't have been any heating on anyway. And I was just sweating buckets, basically. And, you know, classic horror style. <laughs> you know, just, just wondering what the hell had happened. And it was, it was difficult to go to sleep after that, I have to say. Like, I, I slept on my side and I, fortunately it ended. But it's very difficult to, to sleep after that thinking like, oh my God, what the hell was that? Like, I've never experienced that before. Is, is that going to be a common thing? Is that going to happen again? And thankfully, touch wood, it's not happened since. But, um, and this happened back in 2019, I think, or late 2018. But it was intense. And it sounds like it was a combination of, of those um, hallucinations. And 
wasn't really sure what to make of it at the time. I, I kind of, I guess I dismissed it, but I also started looking into it a bit more at that time. And I started to wonder like, okay, maybe with this sleep paralysis, sleep apnea thing, there's, uh, there's more to this and maybe I should start looking more into this. I don't know. But there it is. I've managed to, um, to finally talk about this sleep apnea and sleep paralysis with you and, and share my experiences with you. I hope that you have enjoyed it and, and hearing about it. Please let me know if you suffer from this or if you have experiences of this. I would love to hear about them. Send in your questions. More than happy to read them out on the show and engage with them. And now I'm going to move on to different topics because that's not all. We have much more for you on the Christian Reeve podcast. I kind of wish this was a radio show because I'd be able to have like a break from speaking. <laughs> but I have to just keep going. I have to keep talking. There's no one to push the button. I suppose I could just stop and start. But once I'm kind of in a, I don't know, I was going to say in a funk, but that's not what I meant. When I'm on a roll, I like to keep going. And as I mentioned earlier, when I first tried to record this episode, Everything that could go wrong went wrong. I was sneezing left, right, and center. There was constant loud noises outside and sirens. And I got to about the 30, 40 minute mark. And I was like, I can't, I can't release this. Even if I do edit it, it's just, it's a shambles. And it wouldn't be right to, to give you guys a shambles. And there's been episodes in the past that I've released that I've still been like, umming and ahhing about. And to this day, I'm, I'm still listening back and going, hmm. Maybe I shouldn't have released that. Maybe that wasn't good. But, you know, hey, I've been doing this for two years now. We're still very much learning, still building, still trying to grow it and, and actually reach people. So maybe I'm still allowed to make these, um, these rookie mistakes eh? and, and just keep trying to get better. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I've got a couple of uh, new things for you. I guess new segments that I mentioned earlier. So the first segment I kind of want to do is, is to just talk about what's going on in my life right now, which... I don't know if everyone's necessarily going to be interested in that, but you know what? Maybe not everyone who listens to the show knows who I am and, and what I'm trying to do with my life. And I kind of weirdly thought that maybe it might be interesting to give you a kind of a vague update every once in a while when new things had happened. And I, I try to share these things in live streams when I, when I do them, but I don't know that everyone necessarily always knows what's going on or keeps up to date so i figured like if i start talking about it on the show people can kind of get like a an a rounded idea of what's going on in my life and it's recorded it's on i was gonna say tape <laughs> no one uses tapes anymore um it's there you know so you can refer back to it and you can know that like, this particular point in time this is what was going on in my life now, uh, as you may or may not know, I record these ahead of time. So I'm recording this around the 21st of August. Sorry. I know, I know, right? I thought he did it as it's happening. <laughs> I'm, try I'm trying to kind of stay a little bit ahead of it. But, you know, at the same time, I don't want to get like too far ahead. Of it. But it, it helps when it's pre-scheduled. But anyway, what's going on in my life right now? Well, as you may or may not know, I am an aspiring actor voice actor, podcaster, musician, writer, jack of all trades, a master of none. <laughs> and I've been pursuing acting since 2019. And this year has been very interesting when it comes to the acting sphere. I've had a couple of different acting roles, specifically voice acting roles that I've actually been paid for. And, um, and, they, and they, it's kind of made me realize that voice acting, as far as pay is concerned, is a very potentially profitable industry to get into, but it's hard to get into. There's a lot of competition, just like acting. And, um, you know, I'm starting very much from scratch. You know, I only started doing this really in 2019, and I'm very much still trying to build and work on things and get better. And it's the same with a podcast, you know. Um, you know, I've been trying to get sponsors for the show and i've started pitching every once in a while but it's difficult because most sponsors all they really care about is numbers how many people are listening how many people are watching you know they don't care that you know you're getting all these wonderful guests and they don't care that you maybe you're getting better or that you've just reached two years or you know you've you've done over 150 episodes like they don't care about that all they care about is 
how many people are hearing this and listening to this and am i potentially gonna be able to you know make money out of of that you know from the potential of those people listening and i do understand that as a businessman as a guy that studied marketing and and worked in the field for many years i get that and it's one of the reasons why i don't actively promote it uh also advertise it very often because i know that you know sponsors aren't really gonna take even a a slight glance at what i'm doing but you know that can change that can change overnight like all it takes is just one clip to go viral and suddenly people will pay attention or you know you get shared because of a particular episode and people start paying attention to what you're doing or you know sometimes it can be gradual and you can start just building an audience and i'm always working on it with the podcast and it's the same with acting i'm I'm always looking at different ways i can advertise myself like one of the things i've been doing lately is every time i apply for an acting role which i apply for stuff every single day um via websites like backstage for example and i'll record voice acting clips i'll do self-tapes for for on-screen roles but somewhere recently i realized like oh hey i can use this as a content i can repurpose this so it doesn't matter if i don't get you know, picked up for these roles, I'll still get something out of this one way or another, you know, other than just, you know, practicing acting, I can actually record myself doing these uh, self tapes or, you know, the voice acting clips. And then I can just post it on say TikTok and Instagram. And that's another way of advertising. Cause it's like, Oh, Hey, here's me acting. You know, I know it's just a self tape, but it's evidence that I'm acting that I can act that I'm trying to get better and learn and etc etc and it's kind of my attempts to constantly put myself out there and try to you know advertise myself which (laughs) you know it makes me laugh because you know these days you've got to be everything you've got to be when it comes to content creation and, and being an actor you know you've got to advertise yourself you know be on social media you know create acting reels and voice reels and you got to do everything you know especially if you don't have an agent um because i don't have one and i've been trying that's another thing that i do all the time i'm always applying to different casting agencies and emailing agents all the time and you know i I get rejections that's pretty much all i get um no that is all i get (laughs) i either get ignored or i get rejections and that's normal that's part of life but every time I go on an, an acting shoot or an audition, I always hear people talking about like, oh, my agent got me this, my agent got me that. And I'm like, damn, how do I get one, me one of those, you know? <laughs> and, you know, may, maybe I just don't have the, the formal training. Maybe, maybe it's because I'm a bit older, I'm 29, and maybe people are a bit like, Ooh. but, you know, I hear all these stories of people making it big and, and getting their break later in life and kind of inspires me to keep going. But I do realize there's a lot of competition. Um, but I guess the point of, of all of this, of what I'm saying right now, is that I'm constantly working on this goal I have to be a professional actor. My dream is to be a professional actor full-time for a living. I want to travel the world doing it. I want to do lots of different roles. And I want to do a combination of on-screen and voice acting. I love to act. I'm really passionate about it. I want it to be my career. I love it. I absolutely love it. I adore it. And with everything else, you know, with the podcast, I want to, I would be nice to make money from this. It's not the end of the world. If if I never make money from it, I'm going to keep doing it anyway, because I just love to do podcasting. It was always a dream of mine years ago, and I finally got to do it and I love to do it. And I think one of the biggest reasons why I love to do podcasting and sorry for repeating this, I know regular listeners are going to be a bit like, Oh, this again, (laughs) but, um, I love to do it because I love to meet new people and I love to explore new topics and I like to test myself. Every time I do this show, it's a test and I get a bit nervous. Like today, I hadn't recorded an episode in in many weeks. And the last time I tried to record this episode, I was really rusty and it was just a shambles. And, you know, I walked into this a bit nervously thinking like, oh no, like, can I not do this anymore? Like, do I just suck at this now? (laughs) It's not really a testament to two years of hard work. And then suddenly I just can't do it anymore. But it's like, you have your down days, you have your, your, you know, your periods where you, you just make mistakes and you just have to keep picking yourself up and keep going. Right. Same with all those acting rejections that I get and 
those days when I, I can't get like even one person to view a video or listen to an ep- a podcast or, you know, whatever the, the, the thing is, that's my focal point at that particular point in time, you have those days and then suddenly a new day will come and something will happen that gives you a feeling of inspiration that inspires you, that motivates you to keep going. Um, one of the biggest things that keeps me going is all the wonderful people that I meet online that have been supporting me for some time now, or new people that have joined, even new people listening to the show who might have discovered me on TikTok. There's a lot of people saying really nice things, and that inspires me to keep going, as well as people that keep listening to the show and, and, and keep you know saying all these lovely things. I really do appreciate it. I try to be you know as real and transparent with you all the time. I like to share the good, the bad, and the ugly with everybody because I just, I like that level of transparency. I like to be like, hey, you know, it's not all sunshine and daisies. Like there are hard times. And, you know, most of the time, like these days, I'm just kind of trying to make ends meet, keep, keep money coming in just to pay the bills. And hey, you know, we're all going for a difficult time right now with the cost of living crisis here in the UK and all the other crazy stuff that's going on in the world right now. All you can really do is your best, you know, and um, I try to be grateful for what I have. I try not to complain too much about what I don't have, but, you know, I'm not going to sit and, and be like, oh, yeah, everything's great because, you know, sometimes it doesn't feel that way and I feel a compulsion to share it. Uh, I know that people won't care necessarily, but for those people that do care, thank you for caring, <laughs> for listening and supporting me. It means the world. Uh, now, in terms of other things that I'm doing, um, I did a voice acting thing recently that I'd done for the first time, which I thought might be interesting to share. So I did this thing called ADR, which um, I can't remember what it stands for. You have to Google it. Sorry. But basically, ADR is like a form of like dubbing for TV shows, which means technically I have now worked on a TV show. So I've finally done something for television. I've not appeared on television, but I've worked on television. <laughs> Uh, and I work, I did, I provided some ADR recording for a television show. And literally all I had to do was stand in a room with a bunch of other really awesome voice actors and provide like fake conversations, dubbing conversations, just, just improvise, which is something I'm good at. I'm not so good at learning lines. I'm working on it. You know, it's hard. I, sometimes I'm good at it. Sometimes not, but I'm, I am good at improvisation. I can do that forever. And it was amazing to be in a room full of people that were also good at that. And we were able, like, we didn't have any hiccups. Like I thought there would be mistakes or maybe we might um, have difficulties here and there. And the directors that were giving us instruction might have to, you know, be like, no, do this, do this. But it was like clockwork. It was like, we, it was, it was like, it was our job every day. And that's what we do every single day. And, and no one ever makes mistakes. Like everyone there was amazing and just really professional and, I just loved the experience and it was a good payday and I, I sat there thinking like damn like maybe i could make a career out of it like i would obviously as you know i, I want to be a professional uh, voice actor and an actor full-time but doing getting occasional breaks like this you know opportunities to do things like this inspire me they make me think like oh hey like maybe maybe this could be a thing and one of the experiences on, on set was that was really cool was I met a lady that had been doing it for 20 years and she's made this her career. And she was talking about how the industry has changed over the years and what it's like now. And she, at one moment she mentioned about taking the plunge into, into voice acting full time. And she said like, Oh, you know, and I was doing freelance writing here and there. And then I just decided to just take the plunge and do it full time. And I'm sitting there listening to this, like, that's me. I'm doing freelance stuff right now. I have been for many years and I want to do acting full time. I don't really want to do freelance writing anymore. I want, I want to do this acting now because recently I've had to kind of, you know, take up freelance writing and uh, bar work. Uh, I've had to go back into customer services just, just to kind of keep money coming in and, and, you know, keep the bills paid. Uh, and it's not really what I want to be doing. Um, I want to just be doing this all the time, but you know what? You got to do what you got to do to make sure that the bill is paid. You know, sometimes you just got to do stuff that you don't want to do and it sucks, but Hey, it is what it is. 
but I kind of thought that I was done with customer services because I spent so many years doing that and you know here I am back in doing it but you know what it is very flexible bar work can be fun it's hard work but it is very flexible and it enables me to keep pursuing these things and keep doing these things I just hope that one day I can finally make money from these things and then maybe I won't have to do these other things anymore maybe I can make a career out of acting and voice acting and who knows maybe even podcasting as well but yeah that's a bit of what's going on in my life right now um <laughs> let me know if, if you want constant updates of what's going on in my life but basically i'm always just looking for work applying for acting roles and emailing casting directors that is my life right now <laughs> and uh, for the final segment of today's show and quirky look we're at 45 minutes 45 minutes and we're still going I'm, I'm happy with our progress one of the things i've been trying to do is create content where i pose questions to reddit now i've one time before i did briefly share in one particular episode several months ago life lessons from reddit so i asked people a bunch of random questions and i collected all the best responses and compiled them and, and read them out on the show and i thought that was really cool and it kind of fits in with the brand of you know how i ask my guests the uh best life lesson best advice question but i decided to uh try something different with with reddit and i'd like to make this maybe a regular segment so if you have ideas or questions you'd like me to ask the people of reddit and see if we get any funny or inspiring responses let me know and i'll ask them but here's a couple of questions that i asked in the past week and here's some of the responses so i said i asked the people of reddit What's the worst thing someone or someone you... Okay, what's the worst thing someone or you said on a first date? The responses were, thanks for lunch, but I don't think it will work out. <laughs> we, that's really cheeky. I don't know how I feel about that one. Uh, at least they're honest. Another person said, I'll be honest, I'm just here for a free dinner. Just no shame. Just just here for the free food. I. <laughs> um. One person said the last girl I used to love and then apparently went on for a long conversation talking about their ex. And then they sort of said like, you should never do this, never ever do this. And then apparently they became friends with this person for the next two years and you know would frequently be reminded of how they missed their chance by doing that. And one person said, I slept with my cousin, but it's okay because it was in Mexico. What? <laughs> So there it is. Um, let me know what the worst things that someone you met on a first date said to you. I'd love to read them out on the show. Um, crikey. I don't know. Have I? I've not had many dates, to be honest. I mean, I've had a few here and there, but I can't think of any particular ones that stand out that I could really say for sure were like particularly bad or memorable. It's mostly just like awkward situations. I do remember actually going on on one date and uh it wasn't so much what was said but it was my weird kind of idea of what the date should be and then you know what this person would be interested in so i remember i was about 14 and i was dating this really cute girl and um i took her to see a movie which to be honest as a date idea is a pretty bad idea because the whole point of a date is that you know you want to get to know the person spend time with them right but in a movie you just sit and watch the movie so you can't talk to them until afterwards i mean there's of course you know maybe you make out in the cinema maybe that might happen right but the likelihood is you're just going to sit there and watch the movie you're probably going to be pretty tired because you'll probably see the movie in the evening so by the time you're done they'll probably just want to go home so you don't really get to spend any time with them you just see a movie together and then they go home it's kind of a bad idea for a date i mean it's it's good if you can maybe if, if you do it earlier let's say you do it middle of the day and then you take them out for like lunch or you know dinner or something afterwards that's a good idea but yeah, don't don't take them for a movie in the late evening i think that might be the bad idea anyway i decided to take this girl to see oceans 13 um because i thought that the first two oceans oceans 11 and oceans 12 were really good so i thought oh this would be great and i think it had al pacino in it and um 
uh, maybe I need to re-see it, but at the time I thought it was kind of a bit of a slow start. It didn't feel very interesting, but she hated it. She really wanted to get out of there and she literally just got up and walked out. And I was like, oh, snap. And originally we were going to see something else, but for some reason we chose to see that and she was not happy. And I can't remember how the rest of the date go, but suffice it to say, we never spoke again. So uh, yeah, I messed up my shot there. But fair enough. Uh, it was a pretty terrible idea. I should have picked a better idea for a movie. We, I should have just taken her to, I don't know, somewhere fun like bowling or something. But, you know, lesson learned. But, you know, I was a teenager. Like, I was young. I didn't know anything. Still don't know. <laughs> anyway, I asked the people who read it, what's the point of it all? Um, I don't know what I was hoping to to get back from this. I just thought it might because sometimes when you ask like silly or poignant questions, it get it inspires people and you get some interesting responses. And in this particular instance, I did. The first person said pizza, which it's hard to argue with. I think pizza is pretty magical. And uh, if the meaning of all life is pizza, I wouldn't be disappointed. <laughs> Another person said it's to experience. And I, I agree. I think experiences are largely what make up the complexity of life the the makeup of life um more and more i find myself kind of living each day trying to live in the moment as much as possible i know that sounds really cringy and you know just just obvious but you know what i think it's true as you get older and you know you see your friends pass away and you go through more difficult, hard times and you get through them and you get to the other side and you realize like, oh, okay, life is hard, but you can get through it. It does make you think like, you know what? Those little experiences, those beautiful moments that you experience here and there, that's what it's about. Especially the little things, like just spending a bit of time with a loved one or just walking on a, on a say, a Sunday. And, you know, like today I, I began my day by just talking to people via a live stream and having coffee and just chatting and it was nice and it was a good experience and it was just it was it was nice it was it was a good experience and a good moment and i think that is what life is about but you know it's different for everyone and a few people said this a few people said it depends on the person and you know it's up to you you need to figure it out yourself i think there's a lot of truth in that what is one person's truth isn't another person's. Everyone has a different truth. Everyone has a different understanding of the world. I mean, that's an important thing I think a lot of us miss sometimes. You know, we might desperately try and make other people understand the way that we see the world, but they see the world differently. Sometimes we find people that see the world in a similar way, but never exactly the same. We are all each unique and we vary and it's kind of fascinating in a way. I mean, that's kind of the beauty of meeting different people is you get different perspectives and different understandings of the world. One person just straight up said there's no point. And you know what? I know it's very flippant and they're just mucking around, but yeah, it's true. Um, and another person said it's suffering, which I thought was very negative, but I do understand it. I mean, your worldview can certainly change your perspective of things. I've had times in my life where I felt like all I did was suffer and times when I did feel like there was no point. And one of the things I try to do in my life is to seek purpose. You know, even if there's no point in life, I think we just have to give ourselves some purpose and try to make the purpose a positive thing that tries to help people in some shape or form. You know, like when I'm creating content and creating things and doing acting, like I am doing these things for me. I love to do these things and I do them because they make me happy and that's what I want to do with my life. But the end goal is that I want other people to appreciate those things and love those things and get something out of it. You know, if someone was watching me act, I want them to be entertained, hopefully inspired, motivated, you know, that kind of thing. If someone's listening to this show, I, I would like for them to be entertained and, and enjoy it and get something out of it. And if people do, then I see that as a massive success. And you know, even if this show never gets anywhere and we never achieve anything with it, I think the biggest achievement I could really hope for is to reach people and provide some entertainment. That in of itself would be a noble purpose, I think. I think I'll po 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 
our purpose changes all the time but and it, and you know sometimes we reevaluate things and we change that up and it can mean different things at different times but ultimately i feel like what i'm supposed to do is is to reach others and entertain them and maybe inspire them or motivate them you know i'm not super intelligent i'm nothing special but i feel like sometimes i can make people smile or get the best out of people and i i think that that's something i want to continue to keep trying to do let's keep going one person said to find and admire the good things in this rotten place there's a lot of truth in that i remember when i was growing up there were adults cynical adults that would say like oh life is very difficult wait until you get into the real world <laughs> when you get into the adult world won't be so easy and i know that they were trying to be flippant and have a sort of a half joke but they were right when you become an adult life does get more difficult it gets hard there are times when you experience traumatic things difficult times in your life that feel like they're never ending and you come out the other side and it makes you appreciate life in a different way but <clears throat> sometimes it can make you think that the world just sucks or the world's out to get you and you know i've been in that mindset before you know when i meet people that think negatively or or have a very kind of like they're angry at the world like i remember feeling that way i felt that way in my early 20s and i remember f being so negative as to kind of be flippant and respond to anyone trying to be positive as kind of saying like oh you're full of shit this is the way the world really is i was very cynical and angry at the world and then as i got older things got more difficult but i started to see the possibilities in life and i started to see that you can change things but life doesn't move at the pace that you want it to move at life moves at its own pace and you have to accept it and kind of go with the flow and almost be at one with it you know hello car horn <laughs> this, is, this is the problem with living right next to a, a main road it is what it is one day i'll actually have a soundproof room in a big apartment with my own studio and i won't have these problems <laughs> i'm gonna be rich everybody i'm gonna be rich and successful and it's all gonna be great <laughs> no but look you gotta find the uh the yeah the good things in the in this i i don't think the world is inherently bad but i do recognize that there's a lot wrong with it but if you focus on the good things rather than the bad things I do generally think that's a better way of approaching life. You know, even things like that, like, okay, look, a car horn just went off and it interrupted me doing this podcast. Now, one person might say, oh, just edit it out. It's fine. But as you know, I like to keep this show quite unedited because I'm a bit lazy in that sense, but also because I like it to be quite natural. You know, I am talking, I suppose it is pretty unnatural to sp speak for an hour <laughs> to yourself. But I like it to feel like that. I like it to be almost like, you know, it's me sitting in the room with you talking and maybe you're just listening, you know? Um, I don't know. I like that concept. I like that idea. But these things that used to annoy me, like a car horn going, going off, I would have years ago been really upset by that. I'm angry and, and, you know, felt like the world was out to get me. Like everything's trying to ruin this. But now I just take it in my stride. I'm like, you know what? turn it into something positive turn it into something funny turn it into a life lesson like right now where you just look at it and you go you know what these things happen that's just life don't worry about it one person said in response to what's the point of it all i don't know i'm just here for the chocolate <laughs> well i'm right there with you i mean chocolate is pretty sensational I, I was with the person that said pizza but hey if chocolate is the point of it all down with that too some good chocolate out there <laughs> and this is what i wanted to end it on one person said the point of it all is to live some people only live their life surviving and it's a horrible way of living but if you live your life you will see the beauty of life and be able to understand and appreciate the great things sometimes you'll see horrible things and your brain will remember those horrible things but when you 
surround yourself with happiness when you focus on the happiness in life you live in the moment and i thought that was a really great way to end this show i hope you've enjoyed the topic of sleep paralysis and sleep apnea let me know if you have any questions on that hope you enjoyed these new segments that i've introduced today i hope you just enjoyed this show let me know if you enjoyed this show as much as i did producing it and um, thank you so much for listening be safe be well and i will see you in the next installment of the christian reef podcast